Do we even do a second sink? I don't think we did. We have yeah. not yet, sir. Yeah, but got one foot in the off season. All right. <laughs> <laughs> one foot in the off season. <laughs> Might already be the title of the show. Um, that's kind of darker than I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. <clears throat> Luckily, because we're recording this. I know, I know. That's why I'm standing by it. <laughs> Yeah, you, you learned a long time ago that if you ask somebody to edit it out, nobody will. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I'll make it the intro and the outro. <laughs> Double down. Right. You're like, I really don't want my mom to hear this. I'm like, okay, well, then I'm definitely putting it up front. <laughs> shouldn't have said it with your mouth then. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm making a jingle for it. Right. So everybody Welcome pays to special attention. Go to our new recurring segment. Things Joey doesn't want heard. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is July 18th, 2021. This is episode 537. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the NBA Finals, the upcoming draft, and uh, Carlisle's coaching hires. And uh, we'll get it under Google in there if we, if we have time. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like butter toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Good to see all you guys. It's been so long, I totally forgot that I should think of something to shout out, and so I have no <laughs> shout out. Shout out! Shout out! From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender who is both too hot to handle and too cold to hold. It's John Colson. <laughs> uh, I called the Ghostbusters, and I'm in control. Um, uh, what is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, what is up, Undy Beebles? Uh Three real quick shout-outs. Uh, my, uh, we've been we've been off for a couple weeks. Uh, my uh, parents' 50th anniversary uh, was last weekend, so uh, shout-out to them. We had a great time. Uh, family was in town. Uh, people I haven't seen for many years. Uh, it was a huge success. Joey, you were there, um, so I guess you could say it was a you know a huge success just to make me feel better. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, even though she doesn't u- usually listen to the show, uh, it's uh, uh, Kyle's birthday uh, was the other day, so uh, shout her out. And then finally, uh, was at uh, Christy Halterman's uh, housewarming party today. She has a beautiful new home on the uh, on the northwest side, and uh, she occasionally listens to this. So shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. 
from Boise, Idaho, out west. It's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shouting out Portland, Oregon. Uh, hmm. Damon Lillard was nice enough to uh, talk to the media today and uh, bat down the rumors that he wants to trade. But, uh, you know, in, in, enjoy your remaining time with Damon Lillard. Shout out, Portland. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that convincing? I am currently a trailblazer. <laughs> I'm currently a I'm contractually contract. obliged to say that I am a trailblazer. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Indianapolis Soccer Club hosted the 6v6 soccer tournament over the weekend. Uh, they always put on a, a good tournament, so um, thanks, uh, thanks for doing that again. My team, uh, the Who's Your Daddies. Uh, lost in the semifinals. We had a Who good was showing. your daddy? Uh, <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, w- good showing. It, w- it was fun, and I uh, got to see a lot of good people down there. But the uh, but the rain made the field uh, soupy or muddy. Um, but it was fun. So if you get a chance, head down. There's the 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 uh, I think Edelweiss restaurant is down there too. Uh, if you're on the south side, looking for some German food, hit it up. Is anyone ever looking for German food? <laughs> German drink, <laughs> sure. Mm. <laughs> um, and before we, all, we get into the rest of the show, we'd like to remind you, you can uh, support us uh, over at patreon.com slash undebeatables for as little as a dollar per month. You can, uh, you can help support us uh, over there. There's a couple different tiers. $5 tier gets a koozie uh, sent to your house. Uh, access to our our Slack, which we talk uh, news and nonsense uh, are the two biggest categories. And Lance. <laughs> <laughs> which has been, it's been pretty quiet. Any, any Lance show. news at all definitely goes up there right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's been pretty quiet. Uh, that, that The Lance has been pretty quiet. But. All right, guys. Um, so, you know, since we last spoke... The, the finals have, have been progressing. Um, game five was last night, right? Um, mm-hmm. The home team had won all the, all the games until game five. So the series has officially started. <laughs> and um, the Bucks are up 3-2. Colson, you were talking about the end of that game. What a, a wild finish. You want to tell us uh, about uh, how the, uh, the Bucks uh, took the series lead in, in Phoenix? Yeah, no, I mean this is this has been a, a pretty entertaining series. I I, I thought um, the the Suns looked really good in the first two games, and uh, I thought um, the Bucks have come back and responded to that. And um, Game Five is the pivotal game in in, in many ways, right? I mean, I think eighty percent of the people who win Game Five win the series. Um, the Pacers have been on the other end of that several times, so it's not a hundred percent guarantee. Um, but um, I thought this was an impressive win. I mean, the the the, the um, Phoenix came out and hit all their shots. I mean, I literally think they hit their first fifteen shots. I think that's right. Um, it was just it was out of control, and then um, the Bucks just crawled back into it. They stayed stayed together, um, and then down the stretch, um, I think they had like a 10, 12 point lead. The Bucks did, and. Uh, Phoenix just kept hitting shots and then getting stops and hitting shots, shot in a bucket. That's what we always say, right? Get a stop in a bucket, you'll be back in it. And uh, they get within one with what, 30 seconds left. And um, the Suns have the ball because um, the Bucks kept missing free throws. 
um, they were able to kind of get back in the game. The Suns were and um, Devin Booker is, is going into uh, his defender. Uh, I believe it was PJ Tucker and Drew Holiday comes around from behind and just pulls the ball out of his hands and then runs with it. And then instead of like backing up and trying to take some time off the clock or, you know, uh, running around in circles, he lobs it to Giannis for a uh, amazing and one dunk. Uh, I thought that was ballsy as hell. I'm not sure what he was thinking, but it was a really cool finish. Um, and uh, the Bucks now have control of the series. Yeah, I'm not sure Drew Holiday knew what he was thinking. He was like that <laughs> that guy in uh in in Hoosiers that that like starts playing out of his gourd and is like, oh, I'm making every shot, and he's like, I don't know, I just I just kind of blacked out. <laughs> Drew Holiday looked like a completely different person. He looked like Drew Holiday, the the old Drew Holiday that we know last night. He made he was making everything. Yeah, and and assisting on everything, and yeah, he just was in control of that and, game and offensively, being like the greatest defender since <laughs> Bill Russell or something right. like that. Like, um, yeah, I, I can't decide if this if this finals is like the best finals I've seen in a long time or the worst finals I've seen. In a long time. <laughs> like, I can't decide if teams if if these two teams are like executing to their maximum ability or if they're each team is just giving away games that they that they shouldn't i mean like they on the one hand you have like the 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 Giannis block you know in game four i guess that was right where he defended both the alley and the oop and like blocked <laughs> deandre Aiden at the rim to like preserve the win um but in that same game you have like chris paul you know doing a crossover but like the kind of player that you know like me he did a crossover like i would and just like <laughs> fell over and gave the ball away and like <laughs> um so yeah i don't know I, I agree with you like the 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 flip from how dominant phoenix looked in games one and two i mean i guess two they look not dominant but like they looked like they knew what they were doing. Like Chris Paul was running the offense. They looked fluid. They could get shots when they wanted to. And defensively, they were, you know, sort of holding their own. And Milwaukee looked kind of lost or, you know, was Giannis all by himself. And now all of a sudden it's it's the complete opposite. Like Phoenix doesn't look like they can manufacture offense like they used to be able to. They kind of just give the ball to Booker and say, go get us 45 yeah. tonight and – Hopefully, you know, Aiton can grab a couple offensive rebounds and Chris Paul's wrist doesn't fall off. Yeah. Is he in the concussion protocol? I feel like he just forgot how to play basketball at some point. Chris Paul? Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, I can't, I mean, sure, wrist injury, I get it. But, like, the decision-making has been just Yeah, terrible. right. He, he doesn't look like himself at all. Like, he, yeah. he, the floor generalship is just like gone like well and that's what's crazy games one and two he's out there like telling everybody where to go he's like here we're gonna set this pick we're gonna i'm gonna you know get bobby portis on me and i'm just gonna abuse him for like five seconds and then shoot a fadeaway jumper and then like all that just like disappeared i don't understand game in one and two he looked like you know the greatest point guard of his generation and like he was gonna win a title and was gonna move him up the all-time list like that's what he looked like and now it's like now it looks yeah, like the guy that like, we talk about all the time. Yeah, exactly. The right. little bitch who loses <laughs> playoff series all the time. <laughs> who has horrible last three minutes of games. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. Although game five, he made a few clutch shots down the stretch, made a couple threes. and 
got them and, back in that game for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Made some good plays defensively too. So, Harper, what do you think? What's it? I mean, it doesn't matter which team wins. It's going to be the worst champion that we've had since at least Dallas, right? I mean, mm. it is what it is. I mean, there's lots of parody here, and that's enjoyable. I, I think it's a really fun series, right? But, I mean, as far as, like, overall, you know, execution throughout the series so far, yeah, it's it's definitely left a little to be desired, to be sure. But it hasn't made it any less enjoyable for me. Yeah, no. I mean, it's going to be the first, what is it, the first title we're going to have that doesn't involve LeBron James or Kevin Durant in, like, the last, or Steph Curry, like, in the last, whatever. Since I was born, I think. Ten years or something. Four times. It's wild. This is the Bucks to lose now. Um, I mean, they're, they're certainly the driver's seat, no, no matter what. they got two chances at this. So do you think they take it in game six, Joey? I think so. I mean, I think. Uh, I mean, I think that the Bucks are going to be really, really motivated to just, just uh, you know, twist the knife and, and finish off the job. But are they closers? Um, <laughs> they haven't been in the past, and that's why they have lost in a lot of game sevens. And I literally they tried to throw game five away. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. And they're a, they're a year removed from getting swept out of the playoffs by the Heat by Miami. Yeah. yeah. Like I, yeah. I just night to night, I just don't know who these guys are. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, but I guess I'm, I'm thinking they're just going to close it at home. But I think that the chances of them not having either, you know, um, Holiday or uh, Giannis or Middleton, you know, go off for some crazy stuff or, or low. Like I think they've got to have this, and I don't think the Suns are. Get, they're not. They don't have it in them to. They have no history of of uh, you know being being uh, you know hardened playoff veterans. Well, that's right. I mean, it's our first playoff appearance in right several years, right? So sure, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're leaning on guys like Aiton and Booker who have literally this is their first postseason run, right? So and sure. Bridges and yeah, I mean these are a lot of kids. Yeah, they you know, need extended. Like playing time from Cameron Payne, like that's maybe right. not ideal yeah. at this point in the <laughs> playoff. For run. sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you know Chris Paul, who's uh, you know been playing in the league forever, but this is the furthest he's ever been in. in uh, you know he's never been to the finals before, and the pressure changes. Like I mean, you know, I, I bet after game two he was starting to taste that trophy, you know, and now it's falling apart, sure. and you can see that maybe uh, would be a especially if he's. Um, gonna fall apart this would be how it happens <laughs> you just start to see, see see it slipping away you start making mistakes down the stretch um just like he has uh, many many a time yeah. or we can have Giannis teach him about humility and living in the moment and uh, it'll be fine i'm sure <laughs> hopefully it goes seven i just want to see it go seven it's been a, yeah it's been i a actually had sons and seven is what i had originally so i'm gonna stick with that bold if you want, it's not a good want, pick. I'll let you have Bucks and four. <laughs> okay. My my favorite um, development in this series, in the story of Giannis Antetokounmpo, though, is that he gets um, so excited or like hyped up at like multiple moments during the game that he has to like check himself out and like take a breather and be like, hold on, whoa. <laughs> Like three minutes into the game, he's like, "I'm this is this is too much. Like I'm shaking. Like I need to take a break." 
Um, or take a tinkle, I guess, as he said one, one time. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes him that more lovable, I think. Sure, he's yeah, just, like, for too sure. Excited. It's kind of Ron Artesti, I think. <laughs> like, remember how, like, hype Ron Artesti would get? And, like, yeah. So hyped he might run into the stands, you never knew? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that rarely happened. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how this shakes out. Um, yeah, here's here's hoping, I guess for me that the Bucks uh, finish in six. But Colson, I know you're you're uh, leaning hard into your Bucks in seven. Is that right? You, you still take the Bucks? No, right? I'm. T- I, I originally said Suns in seven. I'm gonna stick with it. I um. Okay. I'm also just rooting for it to go seven games. Games just like Harper. Like it's it's fun. I really found the the second they, half like, of advertising money. Yeah. Is that what you're? <laughs> Colson gets I found this, didn't know? The second half of game five incredibly compelling. Um, basketball. I found it really fun to watch. So, all right, fair enough. Well, now that we've had all that excitement, get ready for uh, Pacquiao's for like forty minutes to, on Tuesday. <laughs> Yay! What did he shoot in the last game? It was like three 50%. of. Uh, oh, okay. It was seven of thirteen. Okay, something like that. I think he was. Uh, yeah, but he missed two down the stretch. Down the stretch, yeah. for sure. I think he was four <clears> eight <throat> on the game, and uh, in game four he was four of eleven. I mean, it's not good. No, it's not good. He missed the second one of that of that two that he missed so bad that, or no, no, for the and one, mm-hmm. he missed it so bad that the Phoenix couldn't even get the rebound. <laughs> it was yes. just like caromed off into like the backcourt yeah. almost. He, like barely hit the front of the yeah. yeah. Occasional yeah. air balls happening. <laughs> it's, like, it's not great. It's real, real bad. <laughs> NBA Finals, the NBA highest level. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Um, Another thing we want to talk about today is the NBA draft is coming up uh, real soon here. Um, Pacers do have a pick this year, so we we do care some. Uh, Colson, I think you are our um, draft watcher. Well, first of all, we have our pick as of now. There are lots of rumors um, that we're trying to package our pick with something and trade for something. Um, Everybody on the internet is trying to trade for some of our players right now. I don't know. Um, Everybody wants to give us Eric Gordon for, um, you know, Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon sort of thing. You know, it's it's like I'm not sure who these people are. But that's their job to write these articles and uh, my job to think they're real and get scared. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing your job super well. What? What was the, I saw Ben Simmons for for Malcolm Brogdon was one of them I think uh, I don't know how real that was. Yeah, I think just you got a lot of people just out there. But the, it did make you tinkle, right? Yeah, it made me a little <laughs> nervous because that one seemed like it was leaked. That there was at least the okay. at least the offer was out there. So, um, so there are lots of mock drafts online. Uh, we are drafting thirteenth. And uh, we have about five guys that seem to come up over and over again. So I'm just going to go through those guys real fast. Um, ESPN has us drafting uh, Corey Kispert. I'll get into what he's all about in a second. Um, We've got uh, the ringers saying Josh Giddy. Um, The Athletic has us taking uh, Davion Mitchell. And then they start to overlap. And then Yahoo Sports has us Moses Moody. And then the last one, well, I guess there's two more. Uh, Franz Wagner and 
CBS Sports has us also taking Franz Wagner. Uh, and then there's Alperin Shingun. So hmm. these are the guys I'd like to talk about real briefly. Um, uh, Kispert, which is the, the first name I mentioned, uh, is a wing from Gonzaga. And he is an elite shooter. Um, he is 6'6", 224. So big guy. He's a, you know, he's a, he's a shooting guard, small forward. He's basically a 50-40-90 type player. Um, he creates simple shots for himself, uh, great catch off the dribble, uh, high basketball IQ, uh, hard-nosed positional defender who puts himself in the right spots, and um, is known for his on-ball defense, off-ball defense, and hustle. So those all seem like good things. Uh, he could improve his lateral quickness, but all couldn't we all? Can you improve your lateral quickness? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sure you can. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, that's that's that, that that's that's a guy, right? That fills a need. Um, and then this uh, Davion Mitchell kid, he's a, a guard. He's six foot. Um, it's it's interesting that they have us picking him because I feel like we have a lot of point guards. Um, but he's an elite competitor, um, and, and a dynamic shot creator. I guess we're always looking for people that can score off the dribble. Um, and on the ball defense as well. I think people are looking for us to, to uh, draft a defender. Um, he lacks the type of wingspan uh, possessed by most elite defenders, however, and uh, rarely went to the free throw line in college. So that raises questions about his attacking ability and his free throw shooting. Well, luckily he won't be there if we're there at 13. So <laughs> okay. They're saying he's going before us. Uh, yeah, he's probably top ten material at this point. Okay. Uh, this Franz Wagner kid, uh, he's six nine, uh, two twenty. Uh, went to Michigan, and um, he's uh, known for his perimeter shooting, uh, playmaking, off the ball defense, and feel for the game. Um, feel for the game suggests. Uh, what you're not that athletic? Yeah, quantify that. Yeah, it says it says uh, he's a three or a stretch four um, that can stand the rage consistently behind the arc. Um, can slot within multiple offenses uh, as long as he's surrounded by strong creators, which we have a lot of on the team. So um, that could work. His uh, minuses are uh, he lacks the shake and bake moves to score off the dribble. Um, and he's not an above-the-rim athlete for a four. But, you know. So, whatever. no rebounding. Yeah, which is one of the things we need. <laughs> um, so, uh, Josh Giddy, um, I think I'm kind of on the Josh Giddy train. Um, it seems like he might be around, and um, he is 6'8", played from Australia. Um, he's a big guard who can dish and defend um, will provide efficient minutes from the jump uh, which is I think very useful but he's an ambidextrous passer uh, fluidly distributes the ball off the bounce uh, a skilled finisher around the rim and an instinctual rebounder from the guard spot okay if you're looking for a rebounder there's my Josh Giddy, and then uh, the one that I think uh, the paper Indy Star put out that the Moses Moody is what most of the fans are rooting for. 
Um, he is uh, 6'4", 211. Um, he is a perimeter shooter on the ball defender, hustle and rebounding. Um, he's set to be a productive player in the NBA for years. Um, he is a strong standstill shooter and a high volume rebounder for a two guard. So again, another rebounder. Um, and then the last guy is this, uh, is another big man, which I don't really get, uh, Alperin Singun. Um, and the reason he's mentioned is because apparently he's been just flying up the board. Um, he is, uh, they've now, the ringers got him lifted at nine. Um, even though a couple of, uh, these online sites have us getting him at 13 um, and NBA.com has him going at 14. So I guess he's moving up quickly on the board. He's a center. We've got lots of those. Um, he's a throwback center, physical play. Um, you know, he's only 19, um, but he's a dancer in the low post, unbelievable footwork, great rebounder, great interior scoring, great feel for the game. He's been playing in uh, the Turkish league for several years as a child, and I think he got the MVP. As a young, young man? Or yeah, a as child? a young, young man. You got to work um, on those the child, child labor, labor laws. Over yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so there, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I've already got Goga. I've already got, you know. I've already got Sabonis. I already got Miles Turner. I don't really need him, but apparently he's just flying up the board. So, those are the guys that are out there. I'm kind of partial to uh, Giddy. Um, it sounds like the fans, according to the Indy Star, are opposed to uh, Moses Moody. And uh, do you guys have any feelings about that? It looks like we're mainly going for wing players because we got a lot of bigs. Schengen's like six nine too, right? He probably slot in as a four until he grows some more. Okay. Is that what you saw? Uh, I've got him at six ten here, but. Yeah, he's a little undersized, I suppose, in the modern NBA. I mean, for a throwback big, I would argue, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I wouldn't be interested. I just, uh, what are we gonna do with more centers? I just, we don't have playing time for the guys that we have. It doesn't make any sense. For my money, I'd be shocked if we don't take Kispert. I mean, an excellent player on a championship caliber team who also happens to be at Gonzaga, and while I hate Gonzaga, uh, Sabonis doesn't. So, I mean, we need the shooting. <laughs> we right. need the three. He's a good player. He's got a good pedigree. Best shooter in the draft, it says. Yeah. He shot at 44% uh, on 6.5 attempts in college. If he's on the uh, board, I'd be surprised we didn't take him. Yeah. Uh, he immediately becomes a floor spacer on an NBA team is what I've got here. So, 6'7", that's good size. Yeah, I mean, I guess replace, it um, comes down to sort of like, yeah, what are buckets. our needs? On this team, I mean, well, you, you got to replace McBuckets, right? That's Fair mainly right. our, <clears throat> and we need more defense. So and we need more rebounds. Not coming back in your brain. Yeah, he's already gone. Yeah. Okay. I think we need. I think we need a well, scorer who also rebounds. Even if he does, we <laughs> and plays defense. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Get something going uh, in the going in the in the weight in the wings here to take over his minutes. And are we bringing McConnell back? You think? Yeah, We're gonna try I, th- to I think McConnell. I think he'll be cheap enough, and he had such a great year with us. I think I think we bring him back. All right. Well, then let's stay away from the point guards then. Yeah, right. In my head, because exactly. we've already you're got a deal, Brogdon, because Brogdon's been rumored in almost deals. every deal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been reading good things about Franz Wagner or whatever. I don't know if it's actually yeah. you say it the it's the German Wagner. way. Um, because he's sort of a um, 
Swiss Army knife, it seems like, can do a lot of things on the floor, right? Can defend and shoot and has the size and athletic ability to sort of teach him the skills around, you know, his athleticism to to build that up. Unless okay. we trade up, he's probably not on the board either. Hmm. But as far as needs go, I mean, you're thinking with what we know so far, probably 2-3 is probably where you'd want to concentrate. Yeah, I agree. So. Or 3-4, you're, I mean, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you, 2-3. Sure. We need a wing. We need a wing who can uh, help us with rebounding. Take those Jeremy Lamb minutes, basically. I mean, it's also question mark, you know, how healthy is Warren and where does he slot, <laughs> right? I mean, it's real hard to know exactly what our team need is. I mean, is he going to be a 3-4 for us? Is he going to be a dedicated 3, you know? I, mm-hmm. Is he healthy? Does he want to play for us? I mean, there's just lots of questions surrounding that guy, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And Carlisle, as a coach, isn't notoriously uh, fond of of giving rookies minutes to develop and whatnot. He's much more of a put the guys out there that he trusts to to win a game, game by game. You, you know, can thing, learn so. in practice, buddy. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's a lot you can learn by watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and so I mean, this is a, this is an inter- that's an interesting point, Jason. I mean, it, it might be it might behoove us to trade the pick just to get a useful piece that will actually play because under Carlisle, Carlisle a rookie doesn't see a lot of minutes. Um, the you know after I think the sixth spot, these the top six seem pretty set. After that, between six and fourteen seems pretty fluid. All these guys have. That's why we have five names on our list, right? Um, so that suggests there's a second tier of players where we could get somebody useful. It looks like these guys are good, but um, could you talk somebody into saying, "Hey, look, you know, if one of their guys is dropping, and they're, and they, you know, they're like, okay, cool, I really had this guy high. I had him at eight or whatever, and I now I can get him at thirteen. Could you, could you trade up or get a good piece?" Um, it, it's definitely a possibility in this draft, you know, because of the fluidity of that second uh, set of players. Yeah, I agree. What I've read is that yeah, there's it's um, a deep-ish draft, like not like you know the 2003 draft, but you know, there's two or three guys at the top, right, that are right going to be potential franchise changers. But there's a lot of um, dudes that they expect to be solid pros. There's a lot of help right? out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, uh, so Cade, Cade Cunningham is almost almost undisputed number one. Um, and then uh, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green seem to be the, you know, the other two guys. And then after that, Suggs, Kaminga, Scotty Barnes seem to be the next tier. And then all the guys we've mentioned, basically, from 6 to 14. There's also a Keon Johnson and a Scotty Barnes that they, they will not be around for us, apparently, <laughs> by the time we're drafting at 13. <laughs> <laughs> and so what, the draft is the 29th or something it's like 29. that? 29. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. It's at the Barclays Center. And uh, the Detroit Pistons, the number one pick. We didn't uh, tank enough. No, we are Mm-mm. we are solidly in in uh, limbo, in limbo <laughs> position. Just 
how we do. The highest we've drafted since uh, Miles Turner. So, guy, we still don't quite know what to do with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but he's still but on the he's team. He's our longest tenured piece. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's exactly right. right. <laughs> can't live with him. Can't live without him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think we should take a quick break here. Come back in the second half. Uh, we do want to talk about uh, Carlisle made some uh, hires for the coaching staff, and uh, maybe oh, and maybe there's some comic gold in that. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we'll get to an undegoogable uh, in a few minutes. So uh, shout out, and we'll uh, we'll be back in a few. Did you just shout out our halftime? Absolutely. <laughs> shout out whatever. Shout out. I'm like yeah, Turkey. We have labor laws here, ever. so yeah, we're shouting That's out true. shouting out a break. <laughs> yes, That's right. We can't record for more than forty minutes before having to take five. <laughs> It's in our bylaws. Yeah, it's in our bylaws. Yeah, right? Talk to my union rep, okay? from the break got my stat of the week for you this week joey stat of the week this uh this time of year uh we gotta talk about the new laws that are going to affect in indiana or that came into effect in indiana uh on july 1st just want to do uh uh just be your one-stop shop for uh, uh 
lawyerly advice, but we are not lawyers. Do not listen to anything we have to say. Uh, I mean, listen to it. Just don't take our advice, right? Right. right. Okay. D- download it, but uh, <laughs> then ignore it. Like it. Retweet it. <laughs> right. 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 But don't right. don't pay attention. Um, starting July first, rioting will be a level six felony. If it results in serious bodily injury or property damage between seven hundred and fifty and fifty thousand um, dollars, that is a broad range. Absolutely. Uh, so they're 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 looking at the rioting more. I don't know if anything happened recently in the last couple of years, but uh, uh, rioting seems to be targeted a little bit. Um, what is a? Do we have a comparable level six felony? Uh, I don't have one to hear. No. Mm. Um, but this is just one of, of many laws going into effect. Uh, this one, I, I think, is going to be probably uh, th- this was surprising to me. But under the uh, police accountability section, um, listen to this. And, and, and what are they going to take away next? Uh, officers will soon be limited to using chokeholds only in circumstances where deadly force is allowed, and if they've given a warning. So you can't just sneak up on What's somebody up and choke them out anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's the best part of being a cop. This country's going to hell. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. Um, yeah, so now, you know, or you know, in my day, you could choke hold anybody anytime you wanted to right. get a badge on. That's right. Uh, and the officer may be criminally punished just for turning off, just for turning off their body camera to hide a crime. <laughs> To hide to hide their own crime. No, I mean anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's why they turned it off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good news. Uh, starting July first, Hoosiers applying for a lifetime license to carry a handgun no longer have to pay the one hundred twenty dollars five dollar fee. It is free now. What free to all Hoosiers? Uh, the uh, the legislature. Um, they they uh they're just paying for they don't it. Like the, money. The, the line item the uh the money yeah. that they were getting the money that they were getting um they they have just uh, reappropriated so uh you can get a lifetime license to carry for zero dollars zero cents lifetime so what did we yeah. move what did we move the 120 dollar 25 dollar fee to like um preschool education or something Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, if, if, you also, would, if you like lead-free drinking water, <laughs> to pay one hundred twenty-five dollars. <laughs> There's also but for clarification life, in there. It's good clarification in there saying that if you've already purchased a permit, you will not get your money back. Good to know. Can't shout retro. out to the legislature. Shout out to the legislature on this one. Uh, Governor Holcomb was pushing for legislation that would require employers to provide accommodations for their pregnant workers. Uh, and that never made it anywhere, the article says. Um, what will go into effect July is a bill that allows workers to ask for those accommodations and for those employers to respond in a timely fashion, but they do not have to grant those requests. Oh, gotcha. So, so earned the right to a turndown letter. <laughs> they, yeah, mm-hmm. they earned mm-hmm. the right to ask for that. Wow, we didn't have that um, before? We still don't. Have <laughs> I mean, we I have guess, it now. Oh, uh, now, now we have, we have a the process right to for ask. saying yes. no. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank you. They formalized exactly, that process. Yeah. And in a timely manner, you know, within a year. Yeah. Just yeah. Right. I mean, sure. it's probably nine months. 
we don't want to be specific right. about what timely means. I think we all understand timely. Right? Yeah. And the last one here that I think is interesting, it's we are we now have an official state snack. Do we have any guesses on what the state snack is? State snack. Is it Cheetos mac and cheese? Pork rinds of some kind. So uh, breaded tenderloin is our one delicatessen, right? It's the one thing that Indiana has added to the culinary world. Could we make it some sort of like tenderloin nugget or something? <laughs> uh, can you use uh, pork tenderloin and culinary in the same sentence? <laughs> I would. I, I absolutely love a, a good. Uh, as far as I know, that pork tenderloin involves you know just some pork and then a hammer and some flour and a, a bunch of oil. Yeah, no, hey, yeah, you're eggs. not wrong. Yeah, it's probably egg wash okay, up in there. Some eggs. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, so it is. Uh, Popcorn, but only popcorn, uh, popcorn. grown in Indiana. Should've it's got to be grown in Indiana to be, to be um, the state snack. I bought, um, we were on a road trip once, and I bought a bag of snack popcorn because it said it was from Indiana. I'm not 100% sure it was from Indiana, but like I think it was distributed by some uh, company in Ohio. Mm. Okay. But way to support local, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our local. I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's our official <laughs> snack, I'm sure that we can sue anyone who you know misidentifies where their corn was grown for popcorn. Sure. Yeah, this is going to be you know on the level of like uh, you know calling something champagne yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we're we're going to get we're we're getting back that 125 bucks from the from the gun licensing fees <laughs> for all the so we can go after for the popcorn lawsuit. Iowa popcorn. <laughs> So do I get a discount when I go to the movie theater now? Because it's like it's an official oh, snack. Absolutely. Oh, okay. No, it's it's. I'm sure there's a service. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a delicacy. <laughs> Goals. Pay more for it. Well, they just start handing it out on the street, something like that. Communist. Love that street popcorn. Nothing <laughs> like street corn. <laughs> Wrapped in tenderloin. Mmm. Then wrapped in bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Drizzled drizzled with several strips of bacon. It's some sort of turducken, but Indian style style turducken. I like it. No, I think you could make the breading out of popcorn. We could make this on the. uh, I'll talk to some people, see what we can do. Okay. You got a guy. I got a guy. I got several culinary guys. Okay. All right, team. So Rick Carlisle is filling out the the coaching staff. There, there have been four hires uh, made uh, for his staff. The first one, Lloyd Pierce. There's Ronald Norred, Mike Weiner, and Jenny Buchek. Uh I guess I, I wasn't super familiar with any of them. I know um, several of them had been with with Carlisle in uh, in Dallas, and I think uh, Jenny Buchek had was in Sacramento last, is I think what I saw. Dallas, uh, I think. I thought she was an assistant or, or, in Dallas for the last. Oh, no, she was in Dallas, yeah. Yeah, yeah and previous to oh, so she was, was a pl- Sacramento. She was a player <laughs> development coach for the Kings before that. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. Okay. Um, any standouts here uh, you guys want to talk about? Uh, Harper? Anybody well, that you're particularly excited I mean, about? We hired another head NBA head coach to be an assistant coach, so that's always kind of awesome. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Definitely a good sign after, you know, our turn on the megalomaniac merry-go-round. Of course, it was all first-time coaches because you don't want to share the spotlight, right? So uh, we should have a lot more depth um, of knowledge. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, I think, by all accounts, is a pretty, pretty darn good dude. Um, yeah. And uh, he's going to bring a lot to the team. I did hear some rumors that uh, we had made a play for Jerron Collins and uh, David Fisdale, who we've always pushed for, but uh, looks like Fisdale may end up with LeBron. Really? LeBron strikes again. Hey, hey, LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> can I can I come can I come back on the team? Uh, I, I'd uh, actually, you know what? I'd really like to uh, go to the Clippers and work under Tyron Lue this time instead of over him. See, so maybe I'm, maybe later. Call me, call me. Love you, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> um, if uh, Colson, who who, uh, who was that interview with? In case uh, <laughs> for, for new listeners who who might not know. That random <laughs> illusion that you just made. Um, I, I was doing uh, um, B- Blatt. Um, what's the uh, the uh, uh, David Blatt? Yeah, but David. Uh, he David he coached Blatt. in Russia, and so for some reason, even though he's from Boston, yeah. um, I've turned him into Russian. Now, and lots anytime, of fans still don't know who he is. <laughs> he he used to coach LeBron. So anytime somebody wants to coach for LeBron, David Blatt has to just call up. He's got to weigh in. <laughs> he's got to weigh in. You think everything still goes through Blatt? <laughs> no, I think Blatt is always on the. Uh, he's always in the in the shadows uh, around LeBron uh, coach hiring. He's the puppet master. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, he's the guy that begs on the phone every time there's a new coach. Hiring. Okay. Okay. <sighs> uh, so um, I I um, this is I think this is a fantastic uh, and uh, you know I think my statement was that I. I needed this to be more diverse, have more experience, um, and I needed more people with funny names. Um, and what we ended up with was, um, you know, uh, yeah, Lloyd Pierce. I mean, you know, as a head coach in this league, um, Ronald Norad uh, has uh, ten years of experience and is an African American coach. Um, and uh, uh, Jenny and has Indianapolis ties. He went to Butler. Yeah, nice. And Brownsburg so before that. Yeah. Butler. Yeah. Uh, and Jenny uh, Bosick, is that where they're going with? Bucic, 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 Bocek. We'll have to we'll have to check. She's she's been coaching for twenty two years. We'll have to Bocek. <laughs> we'll check that one. I've <laughs> uh, been coaching. Been a coach for twenty two years. Uh, so she was. Uh, uh, she went. To, she played in the WNBA for a season. She was undrafted, but got herself onto a team, and then um, only played for a year and started coaching. So um, she's been doing this for a long time. And then um, you know Wiener. I mean, Wiener jokes always make me laugh. I'm sure that Mike Wiener is an amazing coach, but I don't really care because he's brought me great joy with his name. So I, I just think this is a great hiring on all, all sides. Yeah, uh, Diverse, lots of experience, funny names. What else do I need? And Buchik also was a head coach as well for the Seattle Storm and Sacramento Monarchs. So right, for sure. Also has head coaching experience. Also head, head, head coaching experience. Excellent point. Thanks yeah. for the correction. And as Joey mentioned, uh, at least Buchek and Wiener 
and maybe Norad as well, like worked with yep. Carlyle yep. before. They've all worked with him before. Um, so he's comfortable with them. They have a good working relationship, obviously. They're willing to continue working with him, so that's a good sign. Right. And, uh, how novel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I thought, I mean, I, I think this is interesting, the, the Pierce hiring, because it seemed like he was, you know, one of the names that was going to get hired as a head coach in this offseason. The fact that he chose mm-hmm. to be an assistant coach, uh, we'll take it. Yeah, we definitely will. Um, yeah. I think maybe uh, Nate McMillan has taken some of the shine off this star by doing so well with his team this year. But Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, let's not understand it. Like, we hired a woman as a coach. It wasn't a head coach, but... You know, this is the first female head coach or uh, on the coaching staff for the Pacers, right? Am I right yeah. in saying that? Yeah, or, for sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a huge step in the right direction. And um, is there are there outside of Becky Hammond, how many assistant coaches in the NBA are women? It's got to be a short uh, list. It's a handful. There's so uh, other names on that list: Lindsey Gottlieb, uh, assistant for the Cleveland Cavs; Lindsey Harding. For the Kings, Sonia Raman for the Grizz, Christy Tolliver for the Wiz, and uh, Teresa Witherspoon, uh, you mentioned for the Pals. And then there have been an additional seven uh, who are no longer active. Hmm. Okay. The first of which was All Lisa right. Boyer for the Cavs in 2001. So hmm. save that for Jeopardy. The short history. <laughs> yeah. Trailblazer. Right. But yeah, that history is too short. For sure. But sorry, while while you guys were discussing that, I was on a little (laughs) bit of a uh, David Blatt discovery uh, of my own. So I I didn't realize this. He was hired by the Knicks as a consultant in the 2018 19 season. His contract was not renewed. But then, May 2020. He became a uh, partial owner of a Czech, a Czech basketball club, BC Brno. So he is a part owner of a of a team now. How's that? I wonder how that team's doing. I don't know, but they have a capacity of eleven hundred people. So it's oh, I mean, not the big biggest time. of places, but they probably have great yeah. coaching. I'd hope so. <laughs> they won the uh, FIBA European Champions Cup in 1964. All right, so okay, story, guys. Story here, franchise. Here, exactly. here, here's what I'm. Here's what. Here's my plan. What we're going to do is we're going to bring back all of the players from the team that won in 1964. <laughs> Go team! Did he become a pirate at the end? I, I felt like it was a little piratey. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's kind of here a little 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 bit here a little bit there. Nineteen sixty four. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have time for an under Google, or do you want to want to call the day? Uh, okay, so I yeah I've been writing some things down. We got we got under Google. We've had here. we've had time. You, you, we, 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 we um, can't answer stuff for you. You know. So typically we do you know word or phrase origins. But I want to switch it up. Have we done uh, halftime shows? Where halftime shows come from? No. What is, why, so. why do? We, yeah. Okay. Like just in general. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So like halftime shows at a at a uh, basketball game. Yeah, basketball games. Yeah, for, specifically, but I mean in general, like the idea of like, you know, when did we start adding entertainment to the halftime? I imagine it probably started with <clears throat> uh, football. Maybe is probably the the maybe maybe it goes back to soccer. I don't know European football, if you will, because they had a halftime. You know, baseball was the the game of choice in in the United States until you know probably the fifties or something like that. Well, I guess really until the seventies or eighties. But um, they don't really have a halftime. They do it. They sing a song. Seventh inning seventh stretch. Inning, Correct. You know, to say yeah. like, oh, let's no, take they're, a break. They're boring consistently the whole time. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing entertaining but, is allowed to be on the field <laughs> at all. Is this my impression? My guess is that. For the NBA specifically, that this was actually ported over from the ABA. This seems like a very ABA thing to mm. do to like get fans into the stadium. Like say, you know, halftime featuring, you know, what, Jackie. Uh, Moon, I forget something. the name of the lady that 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 throws the bowls and catches them on her head mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And the quick change. Oh yeah, the quick change. Yeah, that you got the dogs throwing frisbees. Yeah, frisbee dog. Is there there's a like, Hall of Fame for halftime shows? Mm, and if not, why? There should be. There's not. Is there a wing at the Basketball Hall of Fame for these shows? I don't know. That's all I No, I, I love it. Um, so my assumption, I, I agree with you that, that it may come from either the ABA or football because I think that as you, you know, you think of the tradition of the big Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, I wonder how far that goes back, you know, when they started doing that and if that could have affected the NBA. Um, but you're right. It may just be a way to get people into the stands in, in, in the ABA. That, that, that It reminds me of, uh, yeah, you mentioned Jackie Moon, um, <laughs> semi-pro. You know, he was just, like, mm-hmm. doing uh, contests and somebody hit the half-court shot and he was like, yeah, we can't give him the check or whatever. <laughs> like, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> like You can see them pulling a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, and I feel like football, especially college football, right? I feel like maybe the halftime show originated with the band, the marching band. The band playing. comes out in the middle of the game, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing for a big stadium, right? Because you can, you can sort of see them moving in formation and stuff like that. A basketball arena is a little bit more intimate, so you can start doing more, uh, I don't know, artistic sort of things, I guess. I don't know. That guy that that stacks the chairs up and climbs all the way top, it just makes me so nervous. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of these things are too uh, anxiety-inducing to watch at halftime, especially when you're down and your team's losing. That one lady that uh, shoots a bow and arrow with her feet, that's pretty cool. I don't know that I've seen Oh, yeah, you got to check that one out. Pretty cool. I like the Who's jump the rope kids. They always have. A, oh yeah, they're like good. a couple of troops of jump rope kids, like maybe from Chicago or something. What's the other one? The one that does like the the one guy who's got like does like the whole YMCA dance by himself because he's got like. Have you guys seen that one where he's got like puppets or it's like sort of like person sized puppets in front of him, but then he has like he's holding like rails, so he does. I think I have seen that. Yeah, yeah it's. It could be disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the guy that does the Simon Says. Like, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What is that one? Like, that's his whole thing. Like, his job is he goes around and does Simon Says at half. Right. 
I've always wondered if they have if that's their whole if for like in general is that like your whole gig uh, I mean I would assume for some of these that they, that they travel around like yeah. Red Panda right. right who's the the, the, the plate bull yeah, the bull. I finally remembered her name yeah, yeah. Um, they travel or they do this in like basically every NBA arena and right yeah there's a circuit I think for well and they're probably also doing other things right not just the NBA right I'm sure yeah. there's your rodeos yeah sure sure yeah Carnival adjacent theater, right? Yeah. Rodeo is a right. nice pull, though. Are these, the, you know, because this does seem sort of like a. If these are rodeo clowns, yeah, like an extension tr- of a rodeo clown, yeah, or or you know, I mean, I guess it's kind of a, yeah, rodeo clown in general. Like I was thinking, like the circus, like the clowns come out and like you know, in between, you know, acts, they just run around and do stupid stuff. And the circus has been around a lot longer than basketball. Yeah, cheerleaders also have to fit in here somewhere, right? Um, okay, sure, sure. So if football started with marching bands, maybe basketball came up with the cheerleaders? Don't you I mean, yeah. I mean, I was just wondering if the marching band and the cheerleaders were kind of all together know. in high school football, you know? Did they, Joey, do you know, do they do anything at halftime of, like, say, any European soccer matches they drink like, and fight in any of the, yeah i mean i know like for like do lots of chanting spanish leagues not that i've been but i think it's spanish leagues it's just like a chance to like eat a sandwich like people just bring sandwiches in and they just like eat their yeah. sandwich and like hang out and chat and, like, and fight because they're feel like there's they're, anything they're like they're not like americans they don't need to be constantly entertained they can like talk to their neighbors and mm. you know, <laughs> whatnot. yeah i know yeah <laughs> Come on, yeah, sell me something. It's been five seconds. Come on. <laughs> right. I need, I need I some sort of things dropping from the ceiling now. Yeah. Right. I need little things with parachutes. <laughs> uh, I need, uh, you know, I need my uh, coupons to Great Clips dropping from the ceilings <laughs> from parachutes now. There's a 30-second timeout. Have something happen. Someone slingshot a T-shirt right. to me, please. Definitely shoot stuff at me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think in 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 European uh, soccer there's there's uh, like a much of a half. I don't think there's a halftime show. I think it's just kind of a break. And okay, okay. What if this is Shakespeare? Right. In what? Well, <laughs> like okay, um, maybe <laughs> like you know you think about uh, a, a, you know a Shakespeare play. Um, there are mm-hmm. acts. There are breaks. Um, even you know, I mean, you go you go to a a play. Uh, or musical uh, modern day there, there's there's a, a time to go to the bathroom it's it's the pee break as we call it in the biz um i wonder if if you're at an outdoor arena and there's a crowd and maybe wonder if they have like a like a, a a juggler would come out or something like that and like keep people entertained while the they do set changes and stuff mm-hmm. that's not bad i bet that existed you know and so that from that you're getting the, the idea of we need to do something for our audience in the interim while right, everybody else gets their act the together. Main event. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty wild. That I could see that happening though. For sure. 
Because you think that maybe those that crowd could get rowdy. Like, yeah, oh, without a doubt. Like, I mean, you need to yes. keep the crowd, like, stuff going on. They're all standing around. You, they've got tomatoes. They're drinking. You know. Right. Do you think they were doing set changes at the Globe? I, th- I do. Like, I do think there was. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there was there was some pageantry around all that. You got you to gotta move some sets around. It costume changes, for sure. All right. All right. So that's going to be, I'm, go, I'm going Shakespeare. You're going to Shakespeare is the original halftime show. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad idea. Uh, um, Joey's definitely going clowns. Joey likes clowns. <laughs> or hates clowns. Uh, I wouldn't phrase it that way. <laughs> I know. I mean, uh, you often talk to me about clowns off, off air. Usually the first thing you, you, you actually, with the clown news is normally how we start our phone conversations. Right. I don't even get to say hi before you're telling me the clown news. Clown news. I, I was like, what, what you got new in the clown world? Hook That's me right. Up. I need That's right. I feel cut off. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, money. Okay. It's definitely a way to like bring okay. in sponsors, and uh, somehow they created a synergy around halftime shows. Like, you know, the, the hitting the shot from half court, right, to help get people in the stands. So do you like that as also, ABA or? Uh, I think yeah, I do like, like it as ABA. Idea. I mean, I think I agree that probably like football half times have been happening for like a longer period of time. I just think that they're different. Sure, that makes sense. So the 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 the, the basketball halftime shows we know that would create the circuit of all the people doing the weird stuff was probably from the ABA. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think it's also fun for like. Um, like kids who may or may not be interested in the game, mm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they may be interested in a dog catching frisbees. Like I'm interested in a dog catching frisbees. Right? It's I still mean, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty cool. <laughs> Many football historians believe halftime shows originated with the Oorang Indians of the early National Football League. The what? team was a marketing okay. ploy by Walter Lingo to sell and promote his Airedales. He would lure audiences to his games with the promise of an outrageous halftime show instead of the promise of a good football game. It was their halftime entertainment that made them such a huge attraction in the 20s. They were shooting expeditions with the dogs retrieving the targets. There were Native American dances and tomahawk and knife-throwing demonstrations. Really? Looks like organized cheerleading might have begun as early as the 1870s, but women weren't allowed because... What? Because <laughs> America. Um, it looks like not until the 20s were they letting women do some cheerleading. And in 65, Fred Gostoff invented the vinyl pom-pom. All right, well, Shakespeare guess was wrong. Uh, it sounds like ABA and football were were more accurate. Not so much ABA. I'm not, I'm not finding a lot on ABA. Um... You know, halftime gimmicks or anything like that. It sounds like football's got a long history of it. Partially to uh, bring in the fans, even if you didn't have the uh, the product on the field. Uh, remember the ABA.com um, has a uh, article on Victor the Wrestling Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, the Indiana Pacers had a few interesting halftime events including fan sock hops and cow milking contests. 
In April 1975, the Pacers had a special halftime show featuring Victor, Victor the Wrestling Bear. The game program stated that Victor will be at the game to take on such noted wrestlers as Chet Kapook and sports director at Wish TV, uh, Reb Porter. Cool. What could possibly um, go wrong? He would, all, he would also be willing to wrestle a couple of fans. Mm. All right, all right. So we're going with, who was who it, Harper, the Uijong Indian or something like that? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. And that was the oh, halftime of what? That uh, was of, a football uh, game. Football game. It was a football game, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Walter Lingo was the owner. I like that. That makes sense to me. It's a very, uh, very American idea that we have to... Um, we have to cram in entertainment at every possible moment and potentially advertising dollars as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, cool. Thanks, y'all. You know how we do. Well, I guess I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how these finals turn up. Um, I hope I get my bucks in six, and uh, I hope the, it's not the Suns in seven, regardless. <laughs> um. But yeah, um, it's it's uh, summertime, so we're we're doing uh, we're doing shows when we can get around to. But there's lots of stuff going on um, uh, this time of year, so um, we're here, we're here, we're there. I know in the beginning it says we're a semi-weekly, um, but you you didn't hear that you didn't you can't hear this, but uh, semi-weekly's in quotes right now. So. <laughs> I mean, you can listen Only... as often as you want. That's right. That's true. We have over 500 episodes. You can. That's true. <clears throat> it's true, um, and also, I mean, we're yeah. we're semi weekly during the season, but I don't really think we need to put that qualifier into the opening. That would be kind of a lot. Yeah, we've already workshopped this. This, this has gone through uh, many many revisions <laughs> and, and editors. I'm sure. We used to say bi weekly. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, we definitely talked about it. I don't remember if we, we talked about it. We never did it. Okay. I, well, I just yeah, because it's a it's a confusing word. It is a confusing word, mm-hmm. and it means both, and it it's means not two fair. things. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to English, <laughs> <laughs> where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, nice poll. All right, team, we're going to get out of here then. Uh, until we meet again, you can find us on social media. We are at Undebeatables on Twitter, Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables, uh, or website, TheUndebeatables.com. Um, there's a contact form there. You can send us a message, and all the, all the episodes are posted there as well if you want to check it out in your web browser. Uh, email, shout out at the Undebeatables dot com and on the website slash store we've got uh, some medium shirts with your name on them it's been a long time since we've had uh, david blatt sing us out so um <laughs> nice to have it back uh for uh the donnie walsh and uh, uh, uh our coach uh, bobby slick leonard uh uh turn the lights the party's over. He had trouble remembering the opening, which is sad. I mean, you, I mean, I know he doesn't do it yeah, every week, but like, I gave lot. him the script. You know, I mean, come on. 
That's what he sent me though. That's what I. That's what we had. Yeah, uh, it's that kind of. Oh, and then and then Fizdale said, "Take that for data." At the end, yeah. I don't know why he was on the phone. <laughs> you just having a conference call, yeah, and yeah. he sounds exactly. Like no, that was it. That was that was me just telling you what he said. Oh, that was. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have that. Uh, that audio track I already clipped. I just clipped out the, uh, the blat. <laughs> clipped out the blat. I like that as a title too. Oh dear. Was that a marshmallow? Banana. It's <laughs> like are you eating marshmallows right now. <laughs> Didn't know that was a part of your diet. Well, marshmallow. Uh, marshmallows freak me out a little bit. <laughs> Why? Because they're uh, horse hooves. I mean, that's certainly part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just gelatin. Yeah. Why? Why we kill animals to make food with that consistency is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair take. And you know, like vegan marshmallows don't even taste right. I, I mean, I assume vegan everything doesn't taste right, but I've never had one. <laughs> I have. Do they suck? I mean, they're not the same, for sure. Now, if you toast them over an open fire and put graham crackers and chocolate with them, would that does that make them, because it, it kind of masks it and you can have a schmore? No, for sure, yeah. I mean, if you can, you know, bacon wrap it or something like that, you, you really <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. We are back from the break. <laughs> Look, I thought I really thought Joe was trying to wait until you were done sucking your fingers to start, but then you stopped oh, as no. though you were gonna wait until he started and I was just like a standoff. <laughs> it was great. break now let's get started <laughs> yes oh yeah it's definitely not a mexican standoff is that like a french standoff what is that <laughs> french standoff. i believe that involves bacon <laughs> okay. and no one ran away so <laughs> <laughs> maybe not 